0: Welcome to the Culture Lane, where we explore the products, people, and services driving the shifting world of automotive and mobility. Here, we take a different route when navigating the changing transportation landscape. So settle in, buckle up, and let the journey begin. To say that Hyundai Motor America has become a major competitor in the U.S. car market, would be putting it mildly. In September of this year, the automaker posted its best September sales numbers ever, with total sales up 16% for the month. It's another sign of how Hyundai, which has racked up a host of car awards in recent years for its products, continues to grow and expand its customer base. That's pretty impressive for an automotive brand that just over a decade ago was inclined to run a Super Bowl ad to clarify how the company's name should be pronounced in the US. For the past few years, Hyundai has been working to build on this momentum and position itself as a leader in the world of mobility as well. It's a strategy anchored in the automaker's shift to electrification with products like the all-electric Hyundai Ioniq 5, and the Santa Fe plug-in hybrid EV, which we recently test drove here at the Culture Lane. But how does Hyundai see itself as a mobility company beyond electric vehicles? And how is the company working to navigate the challenges that come with making such a monumental transition? To get a deeper take on Hyundai and its mobility strategy, the Culture Lane talked to the Vice President of Product and Mobility at Hyundai Motor America, Ola B.C. Boyle, who prefers to go by the name B.C. when discussing the ins and outs of the business. B.C., thank you for joining us on the Culture Lane. Thank you for having me. So, B.C., I was recently test driving a Santa Fe plug-in hybrid. And one of the things that I find myself thinking about when driving a vehicle is the evolution of Hyundai as an automotive company and how the brand has become such a major competitor in, in the U.S. market. Um, when assessing it all, how do you see Hyundai in the space as it relates to products and the world of mobility?
1: You know, I, one, appreciate that question because it's all the great stuff that my team and I get to to work on. And if you look at it in the t- two two aspects that you you asked about. Let's take um, products first. You know, we have been fortunate that we have a pretty aspirational leader in our executive chair, Chung, and he has provided the commitment and the investment and the opportunity where we've been able to work and deliver on key aspects of mobility. And we look at mobility in, in, in a couple of ways in terms of product. On the EV side, we have come out with world-class battery EVs: our Ionic Five that launched two years ago and one World Car of the Year, our Ionic Six that lost, launched last year and won World Car of the Year, and or earlier this year, and our Kona EV, which is going to come out towards the end of the year. Our on the Genesis side, the dv 70 EV and the G80 electrified vehicle. And so on the product side, we've shown our commitment by launching on our new EGMP platform, great new vehicles. But then we also look at autonomous vehicles with our joint venture called Motional that is live in Las Vegas and in Los Angeles with autonomous rideshare. We also look, when you look at EV, we don't just look at battery EV. We also look at fuel cell EV. So we have Exeunt Trucks and we have Nexo SUVs. And then we're also looking in terms of mobility, in terms of those various devices, advanced air mobility. So Supernal, which is looking to launch um, first vehicles in um, 2028. So on the mobility side, the product side, we've got the EVs, the autonomous vehicles, the fuel cell vehicles, and now advanced air mobility. But- Marcus, the other thing that I think we really do well at Hyundai is to look at this holistically from not only the product side, but the services side. Because as you, I'm sure, already know, as we make this EV transition, it is going, people are, will also, as we move from the early adopters, to the more mass market of EVs, people are going to decide things based on price. People are going to decide things based on who has the best EV charging network. And all of that now has to come accompanied with your product. Not only do you have to have world-class product, but you have to make sure there's ubiquitous charging. You have to make sure there's options for affordability. So when we were looking at it holistically, not only were we getting the products ready for when we needed them, we were also looking at kind of mobility services as well. And we took it in in a number of fronts. If you think about how you buy, how users, how consumers buy, you know, we came up with Evolve Plus, which is EV subscription, and it allows you to subscribe to buy and allows another sales channel for affordability of EVs. And we put incentives on it to lower the initial subscription price so that you can then have that for a couple of months and see how it works in your life. And then if you like it, you get a loyalty coupon with additional incentives to um, help you buy that EV. So basically, you're allowed to try it before you buy it and then see how it fits into your everyday life at an affordable price on a flexible term that appeals to you and your specific needs. So that's on the kind of how you buy. On the how you charge, we also needed to look at that in terms of in-home charging and out-of-home charging. So for the in-home charging, we looked at things like Hyundai Home, where it's, you have a one-stop shop for solar, battery, the charger, all supported by an energy advisor that tells you about incentives and installation and what you need for your particular house. And then now we have an incentive to give away a free charger when you buy your Hyundai EV and a subsidy for the installation at your house to help with that in-home charging and then we really looked holistically on the out of home charging we wanted to look at it in a, in, a, in a very in various amount of ways in terms of our product we have great technology that is supported by an 800 volt architecture that lets you really fast charging time to charge in 18 minutes from 10 to 80% so we wanted to make sure we had a network that could could accommodate that and so we uh, gave 2 years free charging with electrify america but then we also now are teaming up with other OEMs to have high uptime really well maintained up to 30,000 chargers plus when we're done of best EV network charging for consumers
0: BC if I can if I can I want to I want to talk about that point really quick that that idea of part partnership how important is that in terms of w- what what you're doing from a mobility standpoint
1: well you know, I, I say it is a kind of an old term. I think I, I've heard s- s- some politicians say it. it. also comes from kind of my background in, in Africa. But these things, when you're on a huge, significant transformation, it takes a village, you know. And, you know, as I said, it's not only delivering the best products, which I feel we've done, but it also takes now you need the network charging. You need to have the right services and all of that. And because this is such a significant change for our world, it's really important that we partner together to get the best options for consumers in general. And so we're open to do the things that we do best in class, and we are going to continue with that. That's part of our EV network strat- charging strategy as well. But we're also very open to partnerships too, because we know this is a, it's going to take a collective ecosystem to make this EV transition work the way we need to for society. And so how do you assess that? Go ahead. How
0: How do you, I'm sorry. How do you assess those partnerships? Like, how do you, how do you sort of look at the scope of all of the potential partnerships and assess what is a fit for Hyundai that, that really aligns with the brand and the overall strategy?
1: Okay. So everything first is customer, right? So, the goal here is from a customer standpoint, they, if we want to help them transition, make this transition to EVs, especially as we go to mass market, we need to remove EV charging as a deterrent or inhibitor to why I would like to even consider an EV. So our, our, our ultimate goal is how do we help resolve that for the customer? So that's always the first part of the driving strategy. Now, when you know, okay, that's, that's, that's an element that we want to solve for the customer. What are ways that are, that Hyundai can best do that? And we saw that in just in this EV charging network piece of it, we saw that in in a couple of ways. One, we want to maximize all opportunities that let them use this 800 volt charging because it'll let them charge fast. So at the, time, EA is one of the the key people who can do that. They, They have the ability so that we can charge at 800 volts in the 800 volt architecture and people can get the capability of the very fast charging in 18 minutes. And then we wanted to say, how do we get our customers broader coverage? So EA is one part, but also partnering with key OEMs that have the same goal in mind to get more charging for their customers and to build a network that doesn't have some of the downsides of maintenance and high uptime that some other charging networks have suffered from. And building that from scratch without the baggage of having to, you know, building a brand new network. We saw that as a real viable opportunity. And also it would then also come with the capability to use our 800 fold charging network. So that's why that partnership was selected. Now, you'll also see we recently also announced that we want to make sure we're open to both the CCS connector and the NAX connector. And, and so we recently also joined the, the Tesla network to also offer broad coverage and then have it available to people who have CCS um, connectors through our OEM partnership, and and that also has availability to next and then through the Tesla charging network, get next So the ultimate guide for us, Marcus, is the customer and what's going to be best for them. And what's going to be best for them is the most available chargers, the chargers that can do the eight hundred volt charging, and then we're also we have some expertise that we've done in charging networks that we set up in Korea, that we're looking at how can we bring those flagship sites to key sites that maybe get particularly congested in key areas and build those sites here in North America. And so through those three avenues, getting to use our 800-volt charging, getting to have broader coverage through the OEM partnership and the Tesla partnership, and also doing our ePIT style flagship sites here in North America, we feel we're going to make a really wide choice and get close to ubiquitous um, charging for our customers. So we always start with what the customer needs, that problem that we're trying to solve, and what avenues we need to take, what partnerships we need to take that will best fulfill that and use the best of our Hyundai technology
0: what has been the the biggest challenge in pulling this all together the the strategy is, is 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 sounds so robust it just seems like there are so many components so many moving parts um, the idea of partnerships the products the services in what in, in general what what's the the challenge or the hurdle or the thing that kind of keeps you up at night if you will in terms of making this all work
1: so so let's talk about that in, in, a, in a couple of chunks, right? So there is a, you know, there are compliance mandates and there are climate change concerns that all tell us the future is electric, okay? And so we understand that. We full, wholeheartedly believe in it and we work towards it and we, we, we've got EVs helping us get there. There is also the challenge when you talk about the challenges. EV consumer adoption, you know, post the kind of initial, you know, early adopters plus EV infrastructure, this the the incline of that might not be as sharp as the incline of where the mandates are, are, are chasing us, right? So let's say there's a gap if I plotted the slope between EV adoption and EV infrastructure and the slope of the how fast we're going on this EV journey, right? Because of the mandates. And so between that, if you take that gap, let's call that the angst factor, right? Or the challenges. So that is why understanding that from the beginning, we said to ourselves, we have to do things to get ready for the future because we know it's electric, but we have to also have options that help us with the pace of the transition because that's where the angst is going to be for. The industry, for us, for our dealers, for our consumers. So that said, what can we do to address that angst, that gap between the mandates and EV infrastructure and EV adoption from on a mass market level? So looking at it that way, you said, okay, you have to have the best EV products which we're doing that and we've got a great lineup and we've got lots of VPs coming. So we're not behind the eight ball on that. We're actually ahead. So that part is good. We know we're preparing for the future well. Now, what can we do to ease the pace of the transition as that's been being worked out? So that pace of the transition, we've done a couple of things, right? We have HEVs, in our product lineup, across our product lineup, on Elantra, on Sonata, on Santa Fe, on Tucson, et cetera, and more to come. We have HEVs to help us with that pace of transition and in, 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 in the interim. We have plug-in hybrids for the pace of that transition in both Tucson and in Santa Fe. And, and we haven't forgotten ICE. Like I just said, we come, we're coming out with a new Santa Fe and we have next-gen models on some of our ICE vehicles that are coming out in the future, which are going to be, Still support on the ICE side. And so not only are we taking care of the future, which we think is wise, we are also helping with the pace of the transition. And then doing the things like Hyundai Home and the Free Charger and Evolve Plus and different sales channels for affordability of EVs and lets you try out EVs is also trying to help with the pace of transition, because the other thing that's critical here is consumer awareness and consumer experience in an EV. And you'll notice that a lot if you've, if you've seen us at the shows, we usually have a track that lets you know an Ionic take you around an Ionic or an I- Ionic 5 or an Ionic 6. So that people, it's the sometimes, a lot of times, the first time they're getting in an EV. And as we make this transition for, for people that are not the early adopters, it's important to for um, awareness and 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 consumer experience for them to understand so that they can feel more comfortable joining everybody on this EV journey as we move towards the future. And so I think one of the really good things that we've done at Hyundai is we've understood one, it's a long-term play, one, not only do we have to address the future, but we have to address the pace of transition. And we have not talk, but real options that have launched and are launching that address that pace of transition. To, to, to sort of take care of both as we go along. And we use how the customer is feeling about products and what they need in their lives to guide our decisions of who we'll partner with, why we'll partner with them, and what ends up being best for them.
0: How do you maintain or make sure that you have that that consistent connection to consumers? What is that process like for, for Hyundai?
1: So it involves, it involves a couple of things. We do, obviously, market uh, sensing research and insight before uh, we look at any open space or any key segment that we feel we need to further make, you know, grow further. Um, we also do early buyer studies. So we kind of understand what people are feeling um, kind of as soon as they, they get it. And we do a lot of pre-launch clinics to say, oh, we're considering this feature. What do you think of this? How should it work? What do you like? What don't you like? Is this a value to you? And we use all those avenues at key points in our development cycle. So we truly understand by the time we launch, this was kind of very connected to what it is they were looking for. And that's why we sort of knew we had to approach this in a holistic way with understanding how they're going to own, how they're going to charge, how they're going to pay, what mobility options do they need? What are they looking for? How does this have to work in their everyday life? Because product is core to the company and product has to match what the consumer wants. And so you have to start with them first.
0: What have you learned um, or what has been one of the most intriguing or interesting takeaways from consumers that you've you've sort of gathered in this journey, in this transformation from a mobility perspective?
1: You know, as we're making that sort of transition from the early adopters to the mass market, and we're making this journey and the penetration of EV sales it increases over that time, you know, early adopters were very obviously interested in the technology, right? And, you know, maybe price wasn't their initial factor that they considered they were you know they considered the the technology and they wanted the latest and the greatest and the fastest charging times and the highest aer and the fastest zero to 60 with that um great acceleration that you get on evs from idle and so that was kind of what you needed but as we make this transition to mass market which everyone needs to to reach our goals People now, what some some not everyone, but some of those consumers, the technology they they need a vehicle that gets them from A to B, and if it's EV or if it's ICE, just as long as it doesn't cause me additional stress, I know where I can charge it or you know you know keep it going, and that doesn't cause me any problems. That's mostly what I'm concerned about. And they still want the key features that they want in their vehicle, like they you know maybe they want to have the interior match a certain thing that they're looking for. And being able to, they still want their car for what they wanted their car before, and they really don't care about the drivetrain. There are some people like that. Some people do care about the drivetrain. And what we have to understand as we go further is price will also be very important to these new consumers, whereas maybe the early adopters, that wasn't the case. And so that's why it's very important as we monitor this journey along the pace of transition to the electric future, we really have to be in tune with how the customer is feeling and making sure that you have options that meet their needs, which might not be the same needs that the early adopters had.
0: BC, in, in, in closing, uh, you talk deeply about the consumer. What is it that that you draw your passion from uh, as it relates to the consumer and ensuring that Hyundai makes that connection and stays true to that connection?
1: You know, I actually had a, 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 a conversation with um, my, the product planning side of my team this morning. And we were talking about a lot of things. But one of the things that I, I just firmly believe and we talked about this morning is, and why I really do enjoy my job, and I think a lot of the product planners in my team enjoy their jobs, is the core of any OEM, and I've worked for three of them now, the core of any OEM is product and it, you're passionate about it. I know team members on my team are passionate about it. They love the product. They love the new Santa Fe that you worked on. They love the new Ionic 5 they worked on. They 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 think about all the elements of it like it's a child. <laughs> And that passion and product is core to the auto industry and makes the most successful OEMs successful. Because the people in it love the product and the people in it have a passion for the product. And it's fundamental to being successful in terms of profitability, but just being successful as an auto company. And so where my passion comes from is it brings together the form and the function. The function, in terms of, you know, the AER, the charging time, the acceleration, the braking distance, the, the stopping distance, the all those elements in terms of function. But the horsepower. But it also brings in the, the form, the beauty, the shape. It's gorgeous. It's sleek. It gives me this feeling. I feel like this when I'm driving it. And not only core to folks that work on product in the, in the companies. But that is the connection, also to consumers. Consumers love a particular car company or a particular brand. I mean, I've worked at companies; all three of them that I worked for were people, which I'm not advising this. Will tattoo the name, the brand, on their children's arms, which I don't suggest. But the people do this, and 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 where else can you have passion for product to that that level? It makes working fun even when it's hard when you have multiple launches and you have to work through all the issues and you have to work through all the trade-offs you're still willing to do it because you love the product and it makes this industry fascinating it makes this interest industry compelling and it ties you to the consumer because that's why they're paying their hard-earned money because they love the product as well I mean, think how many people have the product defines them and it's a part of them and they decorate it to be like them. And that's that's not an accident. There's that that comes. There's that energy that comes with vehicles and cars, and trucks, pickups, and EVs.
0: Wow. Thank you, BC. I, I, I mean, I, I really enjoy just hearing you talk about it because you talk about. The brand and the the market and consumers with so much passion. Well, thank you. It's real
1: passion. You know, I told you my team and I talked about it this morning. And the thing that makes it so great is, I, you know, you can have a team that's really good and organized and process-driven, which I do insist on. uh, But if they're just that and they don't have the passion, it just, you know, you're not going to get anywhere long. It's not going to be fun for long. But if they have the passion for the product and you have to work on the process and organization. You can make that happen, but you got to have the passion of the product and the, t- the connection to the consumer first. And once you have that, you have 80 percent of it
0: and you can work on the other 20. Great insight. Thank you again, BC, for joining us on the Culture Lane. Look forward to having you back. All right.
1: I need time. And we have to see each other at the L.A. Auto Show.
0: We have to making that a point for sure. All right. Thank you. Now on to the next journey.